Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and I'm greeting you with a fist bump. Welcome to Outside the Sheds. Now, I am so excited and I'm fist pumping myself, almost a little jersey style. A little, just a little thrusting of the air. Big fist. My fist looks like Thanos right now. I'm just like, I'm bringing it. The, the energy, the joy. And you know why I'm this way, Shedheads? No, it's not because the NRL is, is trying to say if you accidentally brush somebody or give them a close shave like it's been going on for the last hundred years now that you are up for a felony of first degree murder. No, it's not because of that. No, no, I'm fist bumping still. And I may do it the entire show because your Shed Adamas is on fire. I am picking matches like a fiend. And I feel that streak just flowing through me. The energy that I have right now, I wish I could contain it and keep it for myself. Wait, wait, give it to you. Okay, keep it for myself because I am on fire. You hear that sound? That's called a, that's called a, that's a backdraft. And that backdraft, Shedheads, led your Shed Adamas and hopefully your wallets to different places and new heights that we haven't seen since last season during the playoffs because I went six for eight this week. And if Victor Radley wouldn't have gone on a killing spree at the SCG, I could have gone seven for eight. I could have gone seven for eight. And don't even, let's not even talk about how the hell I, what did I tell you? I blame you, Shedheads. I blame you. I told you not to let me pick against the Penrith Panthers again. And I did. So really, truthfully, if I just disregard that, and Victor isn't, how should I say, playing a game now that none of us really understand because... What's a high shot? What's not a high shot? What's a hard tackle? Well, and these guys, these pundits, keep saying things now on the other side because the guys on the other side keep saying, "Us, you keyboard journalists, you you keyboard." Listen, last time I checked, all you people that call us keyboard journalists, and I'm not touching a keyboard, I'm just a voice of reason. Is aren't you guys all reporters? And with my degree in, in mass communications, doesn't that mean you're still typing on a keyboard yourself? So be careful calling somebody a keyboard journalist. And you people know who you are. But us who are upset about the way that the game is looking right now and stopping and starting are not happy. And I'm def definitely not happy. And I'm really not happy because the Roosters don't lose if Victor Radley doesn't spend more time in the sheds than he does on the field. That kept me from going seven for eight because there's no way in hell the Penrith Panthers are going to lose, and I don't know what I was thinking. But you got to go off on a limb sometimes. Well, let's go into these scores really quick. I'm done. I'm standing off my soapbox for just a little bit. We started off with the Cowboys beating the Knights 36-20. Uh, it's good to see Todd Payton's boys. I told you, Shedheads, Todd Payton is a hell of a coach. He will turn that team around. And with some news that we're going to go into in the 40-20 this week, who knows what's getting ready to happen for this season because they're right outside the eight. And you have to say that they are a team that is getting stronger week in and week out. The Warriors, another Reese Walsh show, 30-26 to over the Tigers. Tigers going to Tiger. I, You know, I don't know. I, you know, the thing is, thank God for the Tigers – that Reese Walsh was so impressive, it helped everyone to stop talking about how they once again lost another game. Sharks, 13. Dragons, 12. I felt, I felt so happy for Chad Townsend that he gets to kick the, 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 the goal or the, the, the PAT after the kick to put the Sharkies on top and over the top. And how does he get rewarded for this coming week? He's not in the lineup. Woo! Go ahead, up, up Cronulla for that choice. But, you know, I guess you have to find out if if Sean Johnson and Matt Moylan are really the direction you want to go with going into next season. 
But the Sharkies do beat their 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 dreaded rivals, the Red V, 13 to 12. Titans 30, Bulldogs 20. It's always good to see the Bulldogs on your schedule because that will always get you out of how do I say this? A dreaded slump. So once again, the Titans can thank the Dogs for helping them to get back on the right track. Well, we talked about this earlier, and that's how we're going to start off the recap of this week, besides just going over scores. With that 34-16 loss for the Roosters, the Broncos come out on top, play some inspirational footy. And I and I really have to say this. Yes, the Victor Radley situation um, of him getting sent off twice and being put on report, and it just it's just it was the it was one of the highest rated games for viewing the NRL has had for quite a long time and you just wonder what those people who turned out to see a player like Victor Radley who wears their emotion on their sleeve you just wonder instead of leaving that game talking about how it was disjointed and that there couldn't be there was never flow because the you know the referees were gagging on their whistles the entire time. The bunker is watching the Zabruder films and tapes to see if they found another murderer on the field. You just wonder how great of a game of football that could have been if the guys were able to play the game that they really thought going into the season they were going to be able to play. Storm, again, continue to send the green machine down. I'm going to say something right now. Cam- Raiders fans, you better be so happy that they came out with your Canberra Milk jerseys because that is the only bright spot of the season so far is that you guys finally got the, this, the, the club sponsor that you've been hoping for and wishing would come back for so very long. You got a great jersey you can be proud of and, and, and you can represent your club. Too, too bad you can't represent them winning right now. And I don't know if it's going to get any better, unfortunately, Raider fans. But the storm and that rivalry between Bellyache and Sticky uh, that that has really been something fun to watch over the last few seasons uh, really wasn't much of a match. 34-10 again, storm in that one. Well, one of the matches that I did not come close to picking, 56-12, the Matt Burton show, the boys going back out to Dabo uh, and, and getting back into their roots. And how should I say, uprooting probably the Rabbitohs' chance of winning a premiership this season and lifting the trophy. So I I said that we were going to find out a lot about the Rabbitohs, and I really thought they were going to rebound and play well. Uh, Benji didn't even see the field, which was probably good for Benji because I don't know if anything would have gone right for anybody, how that game was transpiring and going forward. But... Wow, I'm telling you, that Panthers club, it's special. And, I, and I'm thinking the only way that team gets derailed before the playoffs is, let's be honest, is an injury. Either Cleary or Luai going down with an injury or Appy Curacao uh, going down with an injury. But besides that, I don't see the Panthers beating themselves. And right now, I, the only team that I see that really could give them trouble is the Storm, and they've already beaten this season. So I think, truthfully, when this calls comes down to it, there's going to be two teams that are going to be a, that are going to have a chance at, at derailing this, fr- this black freight train going down the tracks right now. And then in the match that some people would say was the, mo- the, the inspirational match of the round, It was the Sea Eagles 28, the Eels 6. Uh, A very strange start to that match with news coming in during the pregame show that immortal Bob Fulton, you know, a staple, a a, a gigantic foundation in that manly club, had passed, had battled cancer for a while. I will be honest with you, Shedheads, that was way before my rugby league uh, tenure and my time with the sport, but that doesn't change the fact that you can't, you can't, because you weren't there, not honor history, your past, and greatness. Might be something the Texas educational system might want to look into, but that's something else. Uh, But I will really tell you that to me, 
it was great to see the imprints of of, of Bob Fulton um, still putting a stamp on that match, which we're going to talk about here in a moment's notice. So those are the scores. That was your Shed Adamas. How should I say it? Putting rings on fingers and, and stakes on plates. Because, and I just thought that one up, Shedheads. Was that pretty good? Uh, yeah, that was good. But but that was a great week. And this weekend's going to be a tough one to pick. Indigenous round is not going to be an easy one to pick because there's a lot of matches that could go either way. Um, but we're going to have fun with that a little bit later as well. Well, let's get into, uh, I would say, my top story from this this week's uh, games. And, and unfortunately... You know, the Jake Friends send-off at the SCG, the Rabbitohs were really expecting a lot there. You know, Jake was very emotional before the match. He got to carry his little one down. Uh, I know his tie wasn't straight. We will, we'll look past that. But, you know, the emotion that he did is he got to walk, do the walk of honor and, 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 and to get the, the, the cheers and the adoration from his, his teammates um, that he had played with it was something special to start. Uh, then the big buzz going around the field was, you know, Joseph Wally was getting ready to finally start up the 17-year-old Wonder Kid. The Wonder Kid was getting ready to see his first time in the tricolors. And what happens? All of that is overshadowed. For the reason that so many people love the Roosters right now, or hate the Roosters, let's be honest, is the play of Victor Radley. Victor the Inflictor. The guy has a nickname for what he does. He's an inflictor of violence. He's an inflictor of the hard tackle. And he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But his 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 aggression, his energy, makes him into this gigantic force. And if you look at how the Roosters play with him on the field compared to when he's not on the field, they are not the same club. Not even close. He is the heartbeat of that team. And you wonder, and, 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 and just think about this, what would have the Roosters done last year, that last game of the season when they got boat raced out of the stadium, that would not have happened if Victor Radley was there. Guaranteed you that would not have happened. They may not have won that match because South Sydney was flying high, but they would not have been boat raced like they did because Victor Radley would have laid somebody out. And not in a cheap shot way, his his physical presence, he would have put a hit on somebody that would have got his team fired up again. But once that tsunami of, 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 of red and green, cardinal and green, whatever color you want to say that is that the bunnies have besides green, was just a wave over them after that. And, and to me, that set the precedent for the rest of the playoffs for how you know the Roosters were on their back foot. But... He gets sent off twice in this match. And he gets put on report twice. And and the two hits that he got sent off, the, the tackle on, on Albert Kelly after he kicks, and then the, 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 the toe-to-toe tackle he did with a man that's twice his size. And he has to meet him with the same amount of energy. And let me put it to you this way. These... these these, these new rules people, these people that are, that are standing on the balcony saying, we've got to change the game. We've got to change the game. Well, you were loving Victor Radley the year before. You've been loving Victor Radley. And, and I don't know how you can still say yeah, Victor Radley is still one of my favorite players when you're preaching and promoting something that takes away from what he did. Because none of the injuries or none of the shots that Victor Radley put on did anybody stay down unless, how should I say, unless they were trying to get a Golden Globe Award? No one was, was really hurt. No one, the only person that was hurt was Victor's head. Because Victor the entire time was thinking, this isn't the game that I've grown up loving and playing. Andrew Johns, the immortal, was actually in the stands watching the game and said he left the game. He left the game. Now, you can try to tell me whatever you want. You can try to say that it's for the betterment of these guys. To me, that is as much as BS, I almost said it, almost as much as BS as the, as the big wigs in college sports saying, uh, we want to play for the players. No, you want to play for the paycheck. 
You want those guys out on the field so you can take care of your athletic budgets, so you can fund your female row team, okay? And nothing against female rowing. I'm just saying, let's be honest of why you want those football players in college to get back out on the field. It's not because you want to do it for the kids, because you'd be paying the kids if you wanted to do something for the kids. So get out of there with that. What I'm saying is, the almighty dollar is what runs everything. And if you continue to take away a brand of a game that people love, you're going to get affected in places that you don't want to be affected by, and that's money. And the number one way you grow a sport is by money, viewership, butts and seats. And last time I checked, a lot of those stadiums aren't packed like at Canberra every week, okay? The SEG is maybe half full. So you can't you can't be thinking about a group of people that have never been into the game that you want to change the game for and alienate the people that love your game. It's ridiculous. And, and the funny part about it is no one wants to see anybody get injured, okay? But Benji Marshall said it this week. He's like, we all know what we signed up for when we started to play the game of rugby league. We all know. Now, there's things I don't believe in. I don't believe in the cannonball tackle. I don't believe in people diving at people's knees. And I don't believe in swinging arms. You you do not need to be doing swinging arms. I have no problem with that. But you can't send a guy for 10 minutes off in the bend when a partial hit to the head does nothing to the other opponent and he continues to play like nothing happened. I understand the violent, wrong, I'm trying to hurt you hits. Some of these guys that look like they, 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 that they're just mountains of men that swing their arms like a machete and hit people in the face, no, that is a penalty. We don't want to see that. But Victor coming chest to chest with a guy and his shoulder sliding up and hitting him in the chin, and you're going to talk about a strike zone? Everybody who I hear keep, that keeps talking about strike zones don't doesn't look like they've been in the gym for freaking five years. But you're going to talk about a professional athlete how you need to train your you need to change your strike zone two inches. Oh really? Well, why don't you run around a track one time and you will, then we'll talk about your heart rate and we'll talk about how, you know what, if you would have just put down the beers, Kenty, maybe you would, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I don't, try not to say names on the show. But what I'm saying is it's sure easy to say things when you're not in the fight. That's all I have to say about that. But the lasting repercussions of this is the fallout is... Five matches, Victor Radley is out now. He's not going to be in any of the Origin series. And Victor has now come out saying, I'm not changing the way I played the game. I've been playing my, the game my entire life this way. I'm not changing. And I love to hear him say that. Because there's so many people that are trying to go the polit- politically correct way of saying things. And I don't, under- I don't mind being kind to people. But when you know something's not right, you got to say it's not right. Don't be afraid of that. So he's going to be gone for five games. Angus Crichton is going to be gone for two games and miss Origin 1 for a shot that he put on Albert Kelly. But the crazy thing about that is a lot of his problem is because of of carryover points from from other prior offenses. I don't get these points that they they use and the, the NRL uses. I'm just saying, pass judgment on what's happened and be done with it. Fine him, penalize him, suspend him for a week, suspend him for five, whatever you're doing there. But this point carryover thing, get rid of this. Get rid of this. No other sport carries over points in a judicial system. Come on, really? Anyway, so the game could have been something very, very special. I'm saying the energy, the way that the Broncos had came to the stadium, Albert Kelly showing up and showing why he is a true force. And he sh- and it's too bad that he had to leave seven years ago. But by God, he was back. He was back that match for sure. The NRL is at a real crossroads. It's at a real crossroads. 
And the only reason I find a little hope is I heard Gus Gould talking about it is him trying to say that the game has been here before when people that have no idea what's going on out in the field are making decisions and you just got to wait for them to die off a little bit and to pass over. And I'm just praying that's the case. But a season that started off so strong that so many people were happy about because it was our first full stadiums and, you know, we're getting through, or at least Australia was mostly getting through COVID. Um, it was just, it was something beautiful to see and something we were all excited to see. And now, um, because, and don't try to say that it's not, because of them not doing what they should have done in that Eels-Roosters match, they've way swung the pendulum the other direction. And we're, and we're going to feel this. And it sucks. And I, and I, I try, to, try to, how should I say, wash my words when I'm speaking publicly, but it sucks. But, well, we'll move on from there right now. But I want to talk about the only, to me, the only bright spot, of, excuse me, bright spot about that entire match, once again, is like I said, was Albert Kelly uh, and, and seeing him get the Broncos over the end of the line and, and winning a big match like that. It was just so great. It was so awesome to see. And I'm so, so happy for, for Albert Kelly because truthfully, I never thought that he should have had to leave uh, before. But he turned down some pretty lucrative money to stay at the uh, Super League to come back home. He's got a family with, with three youngsters, and he wanted to be around his family, his family back in Australia. So congratulations to him. He's back in the halves this week with, um, with the MILF, which we'll talk about again soon. But uh, I, I told you earlier when we were talking about the immortal Bob Fulton and how he still left his imprint uh, on this match. Bob Fulton was the person that first noticed uh, Josh Schuster. And because of Kieran Foran's injury, Josh Schuster got the start at 5'8". And Josh Schuster is magical. Now, I was a little worried because Josh Schuster has also bulked up quite a bit because he didn't think he was going to be playing in the halves as quickly. So he's carrying around some extra LBs. But that doesn't change the fact that the guy has still got the sleight of hand and talents for days. And he put that on display. I'm saying manly. Well, I, I know you miss it. I'll do it right now. Manly's back, back again. Desi's back and never left. What I'm saying is the Sea Eagles are in sixth spot right now. And if Turbo can get through Origin unscathed, they could be there at the end of the season. I don't know if they've got it in them to, to, to play top four, but, but you look at some of the clubs that are in front of them, South Sydney looks like they're heading the wrong direction. The Roosters are either suspended or injured. They could really find themselves a chance to, to really push for the top four. Now, what could hurt them is that we know that they're going to have some major league losses for origin. And I will be honest with you, Shedheads, I have not looked at their future schedule to see exactly who they who they go toe-to-toe against during the origin period of time. But if they can come through their two and three during that origin period, they're going to be there at the end. And I don't know if they've got enough on the ballpark to really ever push a Penrith. But they, but what they did to the Eels, and if we're talking about the Eels being one of the clubs that could, in the end, be one of the clubs that keeps Penrith from winning another championship or winning the championship, and Manly just did that to them, and you let Schuster stay in the halves for a little bit longer, who knows what happens. But I'm excited to watch it. But again, uh, my condolences to Bob Fulton's family. My condolences to the Manly Club. Because when you lose a great like that, it's felt in, in, in the, the repercussions and, and, and everybody feels that. You can see how Daily Cherry Evans did the press conference after the match. But the inspiration that they played with from, from the memory of Bob Fulton uh, was definitely something on notice. And it was great to see Manly step up and really take care of business. Well, the show continues. These young all-stars. And we'll talk about one of them right now. Sam Walker. And the one we're going to talk about is Reese Walsh. And a lot of people, myself included, was saying to keep Reese Walsh at the 5'8 position or keep Reese Walsh in you know a wing position. I don't know. 
But it, it, it seemed wrong for me to, to move Roger Tuivasa-Shek out of the fullback position uh, for Reese Walsh, a guy who uh, this match was his fifth match. But wow, the guy's game, just like Sam Walker, gets better and better week in and week out. And nothing against Sam Walker, because I think Sam Walker is going to be a, a really good player for a very long time. But Sam Walker does not have the gears that Reese Walsh has. Reese Walsh has dynamic speed. He's got quick twitch muscles, which means he can turn on a dime, break, move, all of that stuff. He is special. And that try he did, when he dove in with his tongue wagging, looking like the actual logo for the Warriors, was something that they'll be playing on, on, on video boards down once the Warriors get back to New Zealand for a very, very long time. And this is five games into this guy's this, his tenure. He looks like he's 12 first off. You know, he looks like he should be in a boy band more than he looks like he should be a rugby league player. But, hey, I don't know how he can sing. I don't know how he can dance. I just know he's a hell of a rugby league player. And I'm so, so excited to see uh, how his, his, his career and his history and his future continue to grow and to develop over the next few weeks and years because I think he has a chance to be very, very special. And, and my gosh, how do the Broncos lose Sam Walker and... Reese Walsh it just maybe that shows why they are the team they are right now even after they won this week so that was my recap of you know what transpired for this last round uh but wow it it uh it was a good round but again I think when players play tentative and players don't know what a penalty is what they should be doing I think we're heading the wrong direction. We're sending the wrong message. So hopefully, I have an unfortunate feeling that this is going to continue the rest of this season. But what really scares me is what a state of origin going to look like. Uh, when James Tedesco says, I really don't know what origin is going to look like. And I don't know. We None of us know how we're going to. We don't know. First off, we don't even know who's going to be playing origin. Because the way they, they keep throwing these guys on report and give them you know high tackle penalties and send-offs, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see who's even going to qualify for it. So, very, very unique time that we're going through right now uh, in rugby league, and, and not like any time that I've ever experienced since covering the game and, and watching and falling in love with it. So let's go to the 4020s. Now, I hate to start here. I picked on the green machine a little bit when we did the recap for the week, but it just keeps getting worse for, for Sticky and the boys down there at the nation's capital. Because a couple days ago, news breaks that George Williams has, has pushed and said that he wants to go back to England at the end of the season. His agent's been allegedly talking, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's just that he wants to go. And, you know, if you remember a year and a half ago, the big talk was how the Canberra Raiders were now the new, the new national club of England in Australia. They had all of these English pommies playing on the team. And slowly but surely, after Bateman leaves, these guys keep wanting to go back. And they just are falling out of harmony. So you get that word from, from George Williams, you know, a few weeks ago saying that he wants to go back to England. And you're like, okay, well, we'll see what happens there. You find out that his partner, she's pregnant. And that, that they didn't, because of COVID, they didn't get to go back to England. And that starts to add up too. And you're like, okay, un, unhappy wife, unhappy life, unhappy, you know, girlfriend, unhappy times, blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden, he starts talking about mental health and about his mental well-being. And he lets them know that he doesn't want to go to training because it's just too much. It's just too much right now. He just needs it. And then Ricky calls him worried about him. And he says, you know what, uh, coach, I don't think that I'm going to be able to go play this weekend either. So I don't want to play this weekend. And that is when I guess the last linchpin fell 
and Ricky walked into David Ferner's office and he said, enough is enough. And they released him immediately. So George Williams is no more a Canberra Raider, no more a leader of the green machine. And he got very upset about some things that were, that were said by some of the media pundits, those keyboard pushers. And he really said that he did not want to leave the Raiders yet, that he wanted to, quote unquote, finish out his season before he went back to England. Well, that's not going to be the case. Now, I will say the funny thing about this is George Williams has now got himself in a good position that he could go back to the club that I don't think he truthfully ever wanted to leave, the Wigan Warriors. Because don't forget, Jackson Hastings is going to be a West Tiger next year. So we'll look what ha- oh my gosh, look what opens up. The halfback position is open for Wigan for next season. Hmm, who play- wait a second. Didn't George Williams play at Wigan? Yeah. But it also looks like Warrington's pushing hard for him. And we know that there are players that want to leave Warrington. We won't say their name again because we don't want to bring any more unfortunate or bad luck for them since they couldn't get in last season or the beginning of this season. So, yes, allegedly George Williams didn't want it to go this way, but now George Williams and his girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to say, can head back to England and shore up their future. It looks now that this means that Sam Williams, who never gets a fair shake down at Canberra, who's always just like, well, he's like he's like the fill-in girlfriend, right? That, you, you know, I can't find a date for this weekend. You want to go out. And Sam then puts on his fine Saturday evening mini skirt and is ready to go out. That's how they treat Sam Williams to me to an extent. And what does Sam Williams do? Stays loyal, stays faithful, is is mean, green, through and through. Well, guess what? Sam Williams is now going to be able to show why he should have been the halfback this entire time because he is front and center now and he will have to be one of the men with Jack Whiten and some of the others because Chance Nickel Klokstard is not coming back anytime soon. They were looking like their their fullback was coming back and Klokstard is out for a while. So... I don't see it getting any better for the Green Machine. Um, I know none of these teams like to say that they're writing themselves off, but show me the bright spot. And they've got the Roosters this week. Whew. Yeah, not a good time to be a Canberra Raiders fan. Well, with Tyson Gamble getting suspended on our our witch hunt of high hits and tackles and let's count points. Uh, My God, I'm squeezy just talking about it. But because he's out this week, Look who's back. Not Desi. I almost sang it. Can't do it. Wrong team. Wrong guy. But the MILF is back. That's right. Anthony Milford. You gotta love the MILF. The MILF doesn't have a team for next season fully. But Anthony Milford is back in the side and is going to be pairing with my boy Albert Kelly. So we'll see. We'll see how those two fire together. I think that this could be something magical. You know I'm a huge fan of Tyson Gamble. He's already been one of my guns for the week, a a few weeks ago. And I would hate to see him lose that position. But I will say this right now, that's a dynamic halves combination. Dynamic. Now, the question is, I guess we're going to get the feeling that Albert Kelly will run the side and that the MILF will kind of run around from outside of it. We'll see. But it's going to be kind of exciting to see, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm keen to watch this. Um, now let's see if they let the players play. But it's good to see Anthony Milford because this could be his last shot of seeing the field. If he doesn't do something special, I know, uh, I, I know Kevy's a big fan of Tyson Gamble and the, the fire and the energy Gamble brings. And really, if you look at the results since Gamble's been in there, uh, it's been pretty damn positive. For the Broncos. So, but that can't change the fact that Anthony Milford's back this week and will be pairing with Albert Kelly. So, let me see. We're good to go. Yeah, I I, I, I don't even know what to say. You know, we're dealing with it so much over here with COVID, and I know everyone's all happy. Woo, you 
you know, we've got our vaccinations. And that's right, your shed, your, your shed Adamus has been vaccinated. Don't run away from the needle, run towards it. Run towards the fire, don't run away from it. What I'm trying to say is, America has a totally different way than everybody else of how we've been dealing. We try to look the other way. Uh, we, we, we think, yes, because we see a lot of people in stadiums that it's over. It's over. COVID is over. It's, COVID's not over. COVID's not over, everybody. I'm speaking to Americans now. I'm speaking to the U.S. folks. COVID's not over. Just because we can put full people in stadiums, don't think that it's gone. It's still here. And just because you don't want to talk about it, it's still here. Now, enough of talking about the ex-leaders uh, of the free world. Let's talk about Australia and a country that's kind of had everything under control. They're treating it like brush fire where they're going to stamp it out. But really some troubling news with there being a patient zero at Marvel Stadium this weekend for an AF, for one of the AFL matches. I think the St. Kilda match. And, and now... There's big question if Origin 1 will be played at the MCG. Now, right now, they're going ahead with it. But we don't know what the lasting effects were because of this guy running around in Marvel Stadium and his name not being Captain America, Black Panther, Thor. If you catch my grift or drift, either way, it could be a grift. You never know. But... It really makes you wonder. And they are, they're they're already putting contingency plans in place if there is a gigantic outbreak in, in Melbourne. But that is something to keep our eyes on. And, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later as we go on to the AFL side of, of outside the sheds. But, yeah, this is, this is, you know, there was enough to worry about about the Volandis policing of the high hit and how that's going to affect Origin. But now, what about if they have to move a week before Origin 1? Sad news. Uh, Blake Green for, you know, the, 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 the halfback for the Newcastle Knights who blew his knee out last year, by no means said he was going to retire, came back, played some matches. It's enough is enough. And Blake Green has come out and said that he's retiring immediately. And that he's very, very happy with his career. But it's time. He says his mind and his body feel like they can keep up. But then he comes right back and says, but my body can't keep up. And you just wonder. You know, you're coming back from an ACL injury like that. Uh, and, and, and you know that he's not at a full 100%. Even though uh, the timing seems like he should be closer to it. But he has pulled the cord, and has retired. So congratulations to Blake Green on a, on a really, a really, really great career. Um, I know that he was he's played for quite a few clubs, and every time he's gone to a different club, he's really settled them down and has always been a, a, a real solid player in the Habs. So sad news there, but congratulations, Blake Green. Now, this story kind of piggybacks onto the next story because we've got some moving parts here. We've got some real moving parts because news now is broken in the last 24 hours that Tom Dearden is about ready to be out fully out of the Bisbon Broncos and that he is going to start his tenure immediately with the North Queensland Cowboys. With Todd Payton's boys. We all know that he's already signed the contract. He's going to be there next year anyway. He's not getting playing time. Uh, Kevy's moved on from him. And I think deep down, Kevy's a good guy at heart. I think he knows this young man has sacrificed, that he's put it in. He's, he's kept his head up. He's, he's stayed quiet. And I think he wants to reward him. And so I think that we are about ready to see Dearden get to North Queensland very, very quickly. And that also means now that that other swinging part is in motion. That means now that Jake Clifford will probably be released early by the Cowboys. So now he can get over and take Blake Green's spot, the newly vacated Blake's, excuse me, Blake Green spot in the halves 
with Newcastle. And boy, would that not be a, a jolt to the arm of Newcastle. Then there's talk now that Matt Lodge might be on his way to Newcastle. Even though there's nothing in the works fully yet that's above board, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and, and what conversations are going on on the, phone, on the phones. But that Matt, how Matt Lodge played this last week was almost like he was playing to show that he still had his game. Because he, I think he had 254 running meters against the Roosters. Uh, it was definitely over 200. Um, and so, you know, I, I know they need that type of, of force in Newcastle. Now, the question is, you know, do the Broncos really pull that trigger? Uh, and I don't, I don't think any of us really know. I don't think any of us really know. We do know 100% that he is not on contract. Matt Lodge is not on contract next year for the club. So uh, maybe they are going to give him an early release. We don't know. But that is huge news that Jordan could be a cowboy and that Clifford could be a knight very, very soon. So we'll have to definitely keep that uh, on our radar, if you know what I mean. Now, I told you guys a few weeks ago that uh, Anzac round probably is my favorite round of, you know, the NRL. Um, I, I, it's just something magical about, about the, you know, the people that have served, given the ultimate, paid the ultimate sacrifice for keeping country safe, uh, are honored, right? Well, 1B... For me, in favorite rounds, easily, is Indigenous round. Uh, I won't even have my lovely, uh, how should I say, better half talk uh, about my love of the Indigenous round in my jersey support of the Indigenous teams. But at the same time, it is a magical, magical round. And I I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Um, I, I'd love to see... The culture, I love to see the acknowledgement of the cultures uh, of the indigenous people. And I, I don't know how anybody can say um, that we don't want to talk about that since those are the people that were in Australia originally in the first place. So it's a great round. It's a fun round. It's a passionate round. And it's an emotional round for a lot of players because there's quite a few indigenous players that play and indigenous doesn't just mean uh, for Australians, you know. There's indigenous for New Zealand, so it has it has meaning for all of the clubs, the Aboriginal and the Maori. It has, you know, we we love the All Star Game because of that. So, indigenous round is definitely something to take in. I hope you guys have a chance to watch some of the rounds. So let's go over some of the matches, starting off tonight or tomorrow morning, however you want to do it. I, you know, who knows. But on Fox Soccer Channel, we have the Melbourne Storm up against that up against that Kevin Walters Brisbane Broncos. In Queensland, it is at Brisbane, and we know how that club plays in front of their fans. Suncorp Stadium is a special place. And the Storm, I think, are going to come into a cauldron. I actually have, listen to this, I don't have the Charles Barkley buzzer, but I'm hitting my desk. I've got the Broncos in an upset over the storm. Guaranteed! Okay, I shouldn't have said that because that is the kiss of death. And we'll see if that happens to the Broncos. But I just really feel with Albert Kelly there and the MILF having a chance to you really try to set that he is a magical player still. And I hope Anthony Milford does play uh, the way that we know that he can play the game. We just haven't seen it for so very long. But I have the Broncos winning this match tonight in an upset. Friday, we've got the Warriors at the Cowboys. It just seems like they played last week. But we know some of the back-channeling that's going on there. The Warriors' old coach, Todd Payton, up against his old club. Uh, a club that he still feels very close to, a club that he knows is still doing it tough because now, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to play in New Zealand again for two straight seasons. But I've got the Warriors in an upset there too. I, you know, the Cows got them the first time, but I just think that for whatever reason, they're going to return serve. And I think that that addition of Reese Walsh, uh, and I don't, I, I don't know if we know what's going to happen in the halves now. I know Drinkwater's been playing great at 5'8". 
But I just for some reason think Kyle, I, I, I've got the Warriors in that. So we've got the Warriors to start it. And then we've got the Dragons at the Tigers. You know the Red V is still gutted about their one-point loss to their rivals, the Sharks. You know the Tigers still don't know what the heck is going on. The standpoint that they play well, they don't play well. They still haven't won two games in a row yet this entire season. And I don't have them winning this week too. I have the Red V coming up on top of them. And Dragons victory. Saturday, Bulldogs at the Panthers. Let's move on from that. I told you, send me my messages now. I am not picking against the Panthers. Even though you could call this the Matt Burton Bowl because, you know, Burton is supposedly going to be with the Dogs next year. He's got a contract signed, which me being a guy that's not from Australia, I don't understand how you're signing contracts a year out and you already know you're playing for another club. It's a little strange, is what it is. But I still have the Panthers winning that one. Then we have the Eels of the Rabbitohs. You know, this is a tough match because both teams lost in pretty convincible fashion this last week. So I, I took a couple seconds to think, but then I just went straight with my Shed Adamas prowess. I got the Eels and Gutho rebounding and beating the Bunnies. Raiders at the Roosters in Gosford. Wish I was there. <clears throat> Wish I was there. I love that stadium that they're going to be playing at. But uh, I've got the Roosters. Joseph Suwali is going to get his first try. Uh, mark that down. Uh, but I've got the Roosters over the Raiders. And again, the green machine continue to look green. But not in a good way. And then finishing out Saturday... 11 p.m., Titans at the Sharks. I, I'm i going to say something. Matt Moyland, Sean Johnson in the halves. I don't think you, you, you don't pull Chad Townsend. You do not pull Chad Townsend. You do not pull Chad Townsend. And for that reason, I have the Titans. Uh, I guess you could call it an upset. I don't know. But I have the Titans beating the Sharks. And then Sunday to finish it out, we've got the Sun, the we've got the Sea Eagles at the Knights, and I think you're going to see some more magic from Schuster, DCE, Turbo, and I have the Sea Eagles coming up on top of that. So let's go over my my picks. We've got the Warriors, Dragons, Panthers, Eels, Chookies, Titans, Sea Eagles. So let's see. Six for eight. Let's see what your Shadadamas can do. Let's see what we can pull in this week. Now, let's go over to the AFL side. You remember what we were talking about a little bit earlier when I said that, you know, of the, the patient zero at Marvel Stadium, uh, what that's going to do, you know, what's going to happen to Melbourne right now because of that. They've, they've really tried to stay on top of COVID. But that, that, that positive test has affected quite a bit. All of the Victoria clubs now are in lockdown. And you wonder, like I said, numbers are still going to keep flowing. That first match is until Friday morning, Friday night their time for the round. But you just have to see what these numbers are going to be. Because they have not, the only game they have so far postponed is the Gold Coast match. The Gold Coast Suns. So... We'll have to wait and see, but I think this is a very fluid situation. I don't know, you know, what what's going to come from this. I really don't. But I know that it's scary, and I know that we're going to have to wait and see and very much pay attention to what's going on there because we could see more than one match suspended this weekend. Then I got to tell you something. There's a real hatred between Collingwood and Port Adelaide over their Guernseys, the prison bars. So I called the match that just happened this week at the MCG uh, the Prison Bar War or the Prison Riot because Collingwood doesn't want Port Adelaide to wear the prison bars. Port Adelaide says they were there first. They should be able to wear the prison bars. I don't know. I, I'm not originally from Adelaide, not originally from Melbourne, so I know there's opinions on both sides. But what I can tell you is if it's figured out on the scoreboard, it looks like Port Adelaide needs to put those prison bars on because the the power beats 
the crows, excuse me, the magpies, the big black, how about we say this, the big blackbirds, sorry about that crows fans, sorry about that magpies fans, um, but the Collingwood magpies go down 59-58, one of the two one-point games for this last week, for this last round, but but the power triumph beat their, their thorn in their side, the Collingwood magpies. Speaking of another one-point match, we had our last unbeaten team go down this week. The D's go down, lose their first match against Tex and the Crows. Uh, I guess what this can, what this is going to tell all of us is that this isn't 2020 anymore, and that the Crows have turned the corner and are and are really going to push to be a top eight side. Um, I don't think it says anything against the demons. They were under, they were in hostile territory, and they played their 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 their, their, their boots off. How about that? Their boots off. But another one point victory for the Crows. So a pretty darn good weekend of, of some really really good good matches. Now my match for the round is one that I am so angry again. I don't know why we have to, to set these matches up so far in advance. I know on paper no one thought that this matchup would be something that we'd all be wanting to circle and say, were you there when this match was played? But we've got the number one against number two teams this weekend going toe-to-toe, the Melbourne Demons against the Western Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. So... What a match in a match here stateside that we can't see. Woo! How exciting. Uh, so, I don't know if you have subscribed to uh, watch AFL. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where to point you. You can listen to the match live off of AFL.com. But this is going to be a blistering match. Uh, and I think it's going to have repercussions. Um of what transpires for the rest of this season. So incredible, incredible match to watch. Now let's go into the guns for the week. Now I had number one, there was a couple of them that were really pushing each other, but I went Matt Burton as my number one gun. Three tries, 152 running meters, three line breaks, one uh, try assist, five tackle breaks, and nine tackles. Uh, When you see a kid go home, and put up those type of numbers, like, you know, since he's from Dabo, um, you really saw the excitement. And I'm going to tell you, every time Matt Burton continues to put down these type of numbers, you got to think that the Bulldogs in Canterbury have to be going, oh, God, please let this season end so we can get him out of there. Because I think there's a reason the Bulldogs were pushing so hard for an early release from Penrith, because I think they knew if Burton saw the field for any type of length of time that he may try to get out of his contract so we'll have to wait and see but we definitely know that we're going to see Matt Burton quite a bit during the origin series that's coming up uh, at least for three games so um, that is going to be fun to watch and something to keep an eye on but Burton's my number one my number two Reese Walsh the other wonderkind that is out there the other 18 year old one try, 140 running meters, one line break, four line break assists, three try assists, two tackle breaks, three tackles, and eight kicking meters. And with a flare about him on top of that. So you finish that up by doing the bow sign, like you just tied off a bow on Grandma's present. Uh, Reese Walsh is special. Reese Walsh is special because there was a lot, a lot of talk about the depression that was that was overtaking the Warriors. That their captain, uh, the guy that has led them for so long, uh, RTS Roger Tuivasa-Shek, was out the door. Not the case. Uh, he's still going, but there's a lot of positives, a lot of smiles. Nathan Brown, you gotta know, is saying, "I'm playing with house money." Um, but Reese Walsh is something to definitely take on. And I think he's going to continue to have a big season. And then my number three. Now, my number three is not who a lot of the pundits, or some people call them, the uh, keyboard pushers. Yeah. Um, Albert Kelly. 
is my number three. And no, Albert Kelly did not get a try. But what Albert Kelly did was 56 running meters, nothing incredible, one try assist, three tackle breaks, 18 tackles, 309 kicking meters, and 140-20. Albert Kelly provided a sense of calm on that team. He led from the front by his tackling, and he did take the shot that Victor laid on him from the kick and, and bounce back up like nothing had happened. Albert Kelly has the... He is so good. He has the potential. He's admitted that he, he was overweight the last couple of seasons in the Super League. He's addressed it. He's attacked it. He looks like a machine again. And if the MILF or Tyson Gamble can really get some cohesion... With Albert Kelly, because I don't think Albert Kelly's going anywhere in that halves right this season. Uh, it is going to be something to watch and to really take in. Uh, but congratulations to Albert Kelly. Your return is complete. You are back as a staple in an in a NRL club inside. So that's my recap. That is our 4020s. That is what we do with our, our beloved sport. And I know... That some of you are really, really uh, taken back of where it's going. We've got to try to stay positive. We've got to try to stay positive that 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 smart heads come to uh, lead us out of this kind of doldrum of a place we are right now. But um, try to stay positive again. Outside the bubble. Now, I am going to start with a sport I don't play. A sport that I don't really pay attention to much. But you have to acknowledge if you are going to be any type of a quote-unquote journalist or somebody who wants to be fair. Uh, when something magical happens, you have to talk about it. And I want to start off by talking about 50-year-old Phil Mickelson. Some people call him lefty. Some people call him hefty. But I'm going to tell you this. You can't call him hefty now because Phil has got himself back into some pretty good shape. But he won the PGA Championships this previous weekend, becoming the oldest player to win a major in the history of golf. And that is a G-O-double-Fs. I, I have to say that I watched the last two holes. That's how much of a fan I am. Uh, watching the people running around the country club like they were inmates that just got done breaking out of Alcatraz. I don't know what was going on there. I'm not much of a country club guy. Nothing against ascots. Nothing against cucumber and drinks. Nothing against four corner cut sandwiches. But let's stay focused. But what I want to say was it was a magical scene watching Phil sink that last putt, pick up that trophy. And don't forget, Phil Mickelson got into that tournament as a wild card. A wild card. And to parlay that into winning the PGA Championship was something beyond magical. It's so magical it's never happened before. It's a unicorn. And not a Sherbert unicorn either. Just a regular unicorn. With a gray mane. Not a rainbow mane. Just a regular unicorn. Anyway, it was a unicorn. And it was really cool to see. I was very, very happy for him. Um... Who knows? Maybe this, we don't know the extent of Tiger Woods' injuries. Maybe this motivates Tiger to say, you know, because him and Phil like to try to one-up each other all the time. Maybe this pushes Tiger to try to see where he's at and see if he can get out of the, you know, get past his rehab of these injuries to come back on the tour. Now, I will tell you, we really covered the NBA last season because of the bubble. And, and I said that stateside, America side, North America side, that Adam Silver, what he put together with the NBA, the bubble, um, probably following rugby league stance on talk, you know, Peter Volandi's talking about, you know, Operation Apollo, do what we have to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's not the case this year. We probably have more fans than we really need in the stadium right now. And can we get past the point of always having to pan through the crowd and show that they're there. You hear those knuckleheads? I know they're there. 
But it's not like they just got in creating a cure for, for, for cancer or a vaccine for cancer. No, they just have enough money to get inside of a stadium. That's all that's happening. And they're acting like utter fools because they've been cooped up for so long. Act like you've been there before. And if you haven't been there before, welcome to the game. But you've watched it before. But I, I, that I have to keep hearing, oh, isn't it so great that the fans, is, oh, did you notice we've got fans? Did you see that they're fans? I, yes, I see them, I hear them. But I don't, I don't turn on a game because there's fans there. I turn on a game because of the guys that are on the field or on the court. I, I don't care what money people are there because last time I checked, it's not cheap to go to live sporting events. I don't care who's in the crowd. I really don't. Play some music on over the thing for all I care. It doesn't matter to me. But even though I just went on that little bit of diatribe about how we're stroking the fans' backs, what I will tell right tell you right now is this NBA playoff is insane. It is crazy. The NHL playoffs are, have it got some crazy results as well. But, you know, even going back to last night where LeBron and the Lakers uh, were definitely tested, but the cream rose to the top and they came out on top and beat the Suns, evening that series and stealing home court advantage. But AD and LeBron lived up to their, their greatness stature and played off the hook. Played incredibly well. And it was awesome to see. And then you have Luka. Luka Doncic for the Dallas Mavericks. No one's talked anything about the Dallas Mavericks. And if you have a buddy that says, I told you all along Dallas Mavericks going to do something, he's a liar. Or as the great Vossi would say, he's fibbing. He's a fibber. He's a fibber. So I'm just saying right now, what Luka put on last night by handing... The Clippers, their second loss at home. Let me let me say this. Their second loss. They started the playoffs by dodging the Lakers. They wouldn't have to play the Lakers in the playoffs. They dodged them so well that they found the Mavericks. And the Mavericks are, how should I say, retesting their teeth with their foot. Because they're kicking them in the mouth. And Luka was shooting off wrong size, you know, off the wrong foot threes. Just just being a freak. Let me just say it that way. Being a freak. And the kid's 22 years old. That big Serbian's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. But there are some incredible matches uh, that are going on in, in series. Um, I, I, I'm very, very excited. You know, I told you we've talked NHL playoffs. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, a team that I thought was going to have a long trek into the playoffs, decided to uh, unpack their brooms and sweep themselves right out of the playoffs. Three overtime matches they lost, and they got swept in the series against the Winnipeg Jets. What can you say? You can't have one of the best player or the quote-unquote best player of the world show up and get one goal during the playoffs. Can't do it. Can't do it. The Jets played an incredible style. They locked down Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. And the rest is his story. Game over. Game over. Thank you. Good luck with your on your golf course. Oh, and by the way, your greatest player in the history of your club, the great one, the guy that they call the great one, Wayne Gretzky, the next day resigns from his position with the club and is going to come to America and work as a TV studio analyst for TNT. Not a good couple of days for the Edmonton Oilers. Not at all. But what I'm going to leave you with is a vision, Shedheads. And that vision is to hit the guide on your TV and find out where these games are being played. Because this weekend is going to be crazy. And it starts tonight. Matter of fact, it's already started. Islanders and Pens are playing right now. A key, key Key game six, Islanders up 3-2 in the series. Uh, and then we've got three NBA games that start off um, at 6 o'clock. So that being said, Shedheads, 
That's bringing us to a conclusion this week for Outside the Sheds. I thank you so very much. Like I tell you, go check out my Instagram page, Outside the Sheds, my Facebook page. I told you I'm not 100% savvy, but I'm trying to step my game up. You'll be proud of me. I actually have my Instagram on my phone now. Heck yeah, did you just hear that? I just got done chopping some trees. Yes, my Instagram is on my phone. I have no idea how to really work it too well, but I'm gonna learn. So send me a shout out on there. I'll try to respond back to you. But that being said, thank you for joining me this week. This has been Outside the Sheds. Stay out of trouble, don't get caught. I am your Shed Adamus, Mr. Six for Eight, Corey Jackson. And I will see you next week to do some more gloating and more talking. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.